Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. We got an awesome guest today. We have Mr. Future of Work, Tim Salau. How you doing, Tim? Doing well, man. Just happy to be alive, bro. It's a great day to be alive, man. You are the CEO, co-founder of Guide. It's great to have you on the show and get to hear your experience. Oh, man, thank you so much for inviting me to chop it up with you, Neil, and talk about one of our favorite subjects, yeah. the digital workplace in the future. I don't think I've ever interacted with somebody who's more energetic about life than you, though. Oh, dude. <laughs> you bring a lot of cool stuff. So I shouldn't have to do this, but we always do our capture question to prove your humanity. Let's do it. So uh, your question is, when do you feel the most like a kid? Oh, man, that's such a great question, bro. I have to be honest with you. When I'm journaling, man, I'm a creative person, dude. I'm a creative CEO. I'm not a stuffy, like, corporate CEO. In fact, you know, I, sure. I got with a team of five people. Um, but we're really more of like a creative studio um, slash venture studio. <laughs> Then, um, more than any uh, an enterprise tech company, which um, some people in the, in the media would consider us. But dude, when I'm journaling and just crafting out ideas and, and, and big things, that's when I feel most alive, man. And, you know, seeing our products come out to market and, and um, actually people using them, that always brings me the most joy. Hmm. That's cool. I think if I think about feeling like a kid again, it's definitely like waking up. You know, we were talking about where we live. I live in Indiana. You're out on the West Coast. And so for me, like waking up in the morning, looking outside and seeing snow on the ground is like just transforming you back to being six, seven years old. It's just a magical feeling. Dude, it's such a magical feeling. You know, in, in Houston right now, Texas, that's actually where I was. Mm-hmm. Really, it is snowing like crazy, which is literally global warming. <laughs> yeah. It not snuff like that. But I, there was one point when I was a, a child. It snowed, and I was like, wow, you must be living in a winter wonderland or something. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Cool. Well, we're talking about the digital workplace, but I want to get your ideas about a couple of things. What's kind of behind? You call yourself Mr. Future of Work. You are Mr. Future of Work. What's behind your focus on that, and how does that play into the companies you're starting? Man, you know, I've been talking about the future of work for almost five years now, man, before, before COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> and for us at Guy. You know, initially, Guy, we were a life skills training app for high school students when we launched in mm. 2019. No way. Yeah, in March of 2019. And, that, and that's actually when we were founded. And then last year, due to COVID, we actually had to pivot the business, man, to enterprise. Mm. Uh, we pivoted the business to focusing on bite-sized video training for remote teams mm. in our in Mar- in, um, sorry, in in July of 2020, that's when we launched. And then, you know, last year was so crazy, man. And, and because we were so close to our customers, and we were just, I, I'm talking to our customers every single day, man. We realized that so many people in our community were struggling, struggling with their health and their wellness and their, their mental health. And we launched a, a huge tea brand that has been making mad waves um, in October 2020 of last year. And that has just been game changing for us and our brand. And most recently, we were featured in Forbes' next 1,000 um, mm. company. We're going to be changing the world. So we've just been really grateful for all of the bus that we've been getting. And that's Big Black Tea, right? Yep, Big Black Tea. Yep, yep, yep. Love it. Thanks, man. I've seen some, there's Black and Bold as a coffee brand that's out too. There's a lot of good stuff out there coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of, I think e-commerce and what's happening in the CB, CPG space, huge. Mm-hmm. Man. Everything's going to be online. People are going to be ordering everything from online. And I think we're just part of that trend going on. All right. You said like you made this transition from 
helping high schoolers to go into enterprises and you made it sound like it was the easiest thing in the world. But tell us about that transition. Like, that's a very different audience there. Yeah, man. You know, I have to say, man, being a founder is tough. A lot of people don't remember. <laughs> um, initially, we started with that market because at the time, we felt as if that's what the, the, the life skills training app was the product that yeah. made sense for our company and our culture. Mm-hmm. And the world needed it. They, they needed it. And that was before COVID times, right? But when COVID happened, we had to pivot because education has changed. Um, it's no longer about being in the classroom. It's about being decentralized. And with Guide, you know, a lot of organizations are reaching out to us saying, hey, we could use Guide for remote learning in the classroom mm-hmm. or within our workplace for onboarding and training. So we're essentially building that product that fits into the future of where education is going and where the future of work is now. Yeah. So you still consider yourself an educational product? You know, uh, when we talk about when we talk about holistically, Guide as a brand, um, mm-hmm. we're a lifestyle brand, Right. Because the ideal thing about us is that we, we think in experiences, we just don't think in products. We think about like, what are we doing to unlock experiences for our customers? So holistically, ideally, we're seeing customers drink our tea and create courses on our platform mm. and learn on our platform. That's ideally what we want because it's showing them, uh, it's showing that they understand our vision. They understand our brand. So, you know, on the, on the, tea, on the, on the software as a service side, Yes, Guide is a, is a, is a bite-sized video training you know, enterprise technology platform. But holistically, as a company, you know, we believe that, that we're more than just a tech company or an yeah. experienced company. Cool. Well, tell us about your company. How many employees you got? Like, what's the structure of the company like? Yeah, man, we only have five people on Team Guide, man. We, yep. we, we are a small bunch, but super, super lean, but high-impact team. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we're decent- we're remote first team, so we literally live this digital workplace lifestyle, man. Yeah. Uh, we, we're we're active on Slack. We're I mean, we the way we work is quite interesting because a lot of people will probably look at how we work and be like, "Dude, I've never worked at a company like this in my life." But it works with us, and you know, it's all embodied in our in our day day one mindset. Yeah. What does Mister Future of Work use as a tech stack for his company? Like you talked about Slack. What are the other tools that you use to? kind of bring everyone together? We try to keep it as simple as possible, man. Slack is number one, obviously. It's kind of like the, the, the core nucleus for every workplace nowadays. Shout out to Salesforce for buying Slack. You know, we also we also use Google Calendar and Google Hangouts. Yep. And we, I used to use Zoom for our video conferences and stuff, but I'm like, dude, for a whole year of COVID, you get tired of Zoom, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was like, let's just let's just integrate with Google again because it's it's kind of like a seamless transition between using the calendar and then Google Hangouts. And then for me personally, um, I actually use an email inbox tool called Front, mm. which is amazing. It integrates with all my other emails and they have all of these nice integrations with Shopify and other platforms. And that allows me to just keep abreast of all of the emails I have coming in every single day. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned Google Calendar. And I feel like you know, the deeper we get into talking about digital workplaces, the more important I think calendars are. Mm. For the most part, I feel like when the digital workplace, so to speak, was first introduced in the sense of like for the, the average worker comes to the office and the big thing that they got was aside from spreadsheets and your Microsoft Word, you got an email account and that was like the big thing. And so you started your day checking your email. Mm-hmm. And I think we got used to that just thinking, okay, that just comes through. And then now we've kind of pivoted a little bit to now, okay, now we sit down, we check our Slack messages. That's kind of how we start the day. 
But we, we've really lost it if we don't have half control over our time, have control mm. over our days as they go. And if you can really structure your days well and make sure that everything lives and breathes through that, I think that, that's a great place to start. 300%. Yeah. <laughs> 300%, man. In fact, there's this new email calendar app. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Vim. And essentially, it just helps you. And, and, and Superhuman Superhuman is another uh, yep. email box tool. But Vim is a really interesting calendar app because it helps you schedule meetings and just like do everything faster. And it, it's interesting. Look into it. There's a, a wait list for it. But there's so many products now that are popping up in this future of workspace that are really going to, I think, change the way we I, we, we live and work in, yep. in the next few years. I've actually invested in a few companies um, in this space I'm really excited about. Um, one of them is Nemo Planet, and they're definitely going to be a, a digital workplace company in the sense of they're building the iPhone for your eyes, which <laughs> essentially will allow B2B, B2C um, consumers to be able to do portable work wherever. And I think that's going to be huge. It's, it's companies and technology like that that are truly going to define the, the next era of innovation, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We had see Nash Ahmed on from Undock, and that, that was a great experience because it, like the more you see like where things are going, unless you have that time element to to things and, and that count mm-hmm. element to it, it's got to be built into these digital workplaces that are out there so that people can get a feel for it. Even just the other day, we we're supposed to have these Friday conversations. I'm supposed to have one later today, but I went on vacation and I forgot to send an invite to one of the guys who's going to be there. And so I sent him an email yesterday just saying, hey, are you ready for this? He said, hey, it didn't go to my calendar, so I can't, like, I missed it. I'm not going to be there because I already scheduled something else there. Because I live the same way. If something doesn't show up on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Like, it didn't happen. <laughs> so many people tell me that, man. Uh, and shout out to Nash. I love Nash. Nash Gary on Twitter, man. He's such a, a great guy. Uh, and shout out to Undock. Undock is an amazing product. I've used it. I'm like, oh, my God. So much of what's in this product, I wish Calendly would, uh, would integrate into the product. It's so good, man. Yeah. Excited to see what comes out of there. So let's talk about as companies are thinking about the future of work, you've been thinking about it for a long time. I want you to tell me one hope you have, like, let's go like utopian dystopian. Like when you look look at the future of work, what's like the best case scenario? What's one thing you're super excited about? That's going to be great for everybody. Man, I love that question, you know, and it's a it's, it's question that's really close to my heart, man, because I've been living this future for quite some time now, man. We've been building Guy. We've been really, our brand has been in, in operations for the last three years now. Uh, we were founded in 2019, um, and we, 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 you know, we've been in this motion of building the products for the last two years, but we've been really out here around the future of Workway for quite some time. For, for me, a, a, a utopian future is when we realize that people, workers, consumers, whatever you want to consider them, they need to have more control over their careers, man. We need yeah. to start encouraging people to build a career portfolio, whether it be doing podcasts like Neil that, that are called the digital workplace or, you know, working that, working a nine to five job, but doesn't feel like a nine to five job, right? It can be from 10 to three, right? Give them that optionality, give them that flexibility in their workplace. And, you know, we don't just talk about this future at Guy. We live it, man. You know, there's some people that work within our company right now who actually have full-time jobs, but they're working at a full-time capacity within our organization, but they also have equity in the company, right? That's, that's flexibility, man. That's I think that's building a career portfolio. Um, we don't believe that, you know, we have to create organizations where everyone has to be salaried because in fact that's actually not a good thing Hmm. uh want to be able to construct a core organization that we kind of consider that flows right where people to a a sense feel their creative best 
but there's optionality in how they work, right? They don't necessarily have to work from nine to five. They can work from five to three, or they can work only on the weekends, right? Because some people are just more productive and innovative on the weekends. So for me, that's the ideal scenario, man. If we can get to a point where we got people drinking the Kool-Aid and saying, hey, look, man, the future of work isn't about me telling you what to do as a boss or as a, as a team leader. It's about you telling me how you want to craft that career, how you want to craft your role, and then me allowing you to, to run within and empower you in the process. So that's wonderful. I mean, agency over your life, agency over your work life is something that that's one of our big themes about the future. We feel like you know, along with being human focused, having a respect for time, being intentional, you got to give people that option. I want to explore this idea about salaried versus not salaried people for with you a little bit more, because I think it's something people are throwing around in their heads. I think for the most part, you still think, all right, I'm going to build a team. I got to give somebody a full-time salary role to bring them on. But what are some of the other options you've experimented with and you've seen work? Dude, Neil, it's interesting, right? Because every company is different given the, the stage of its life cycle as a company. We're a venture back company. You know, I led our pre-seed. I led our, our, our seed as well. We, we have a few partners that we, we raise capital from, but our burn rate is incredibly low. Um, our people are incredibly happy. We haven't let anyone go. Here's the thing. Um, uh, you know, when I think about bringing on people within our company, I always think from the sense of, well, there's a few financial instruments we can use. One is cash and saying, okay, let's bring people in on, on a salary. Another is equity, which is probably the most powerful financial <laughs> instrument in the world. And then, you know, like you know, from, from that point, that's really, those are the two really most important financial instruments. I will tell you for me, even as a CEO, I don't even get paid, right? Like I, I take money from our company as I need to. And sometimes it's really to reinvest that in our people mm-hmm. or fundamentally invest that in the business, right? But I don't need a salary because I own the company, you know, and more importantly, we really believe our people are our most important asset. But I think that when any founder or any business owner forms a business, they should think about, are you forming a business that is that is only about, uh, how do I say this, that's, that's people oriented or is it just about um, the money, right? I, I got to, like, our people believe in our purpose. They believe in our mission. I mean, we are the only future of work future um, uh, future of work life company out there that owns a tea brand called Big Black Tea and the software as a service company called Guide. You know, it's it's not easy doing the work that we do. Um, yeah. we're, 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 if anything, we're more of like a, a creative shop. We do it for the purpose of it and, and to see the, the smile on our customer's face. But fundamentally, we when I first started the company, you know, n- no one was getting paid a salary. Me and my co-founder, we literally like said, hey, let's do this. Let's keep with it. Let's continue to persevere. And, you know, one day we're going to see amazing things from it. We like we still don't get paid a salary. Yet. <laughs> we're just building. And I, I think for, for me, I always tell people our stories because it's not really about the, the money when you're building something with purpose. It's fundamentally about do you believe in the long term and are you bringing in partners early on in your journey? Right. Mm-hmm. And our operating model and guide, man, we, we actually believe in operating like just like any small business but delivering high impact. Yeah. So over time, you know, we are going to bring in some people and pay them cash, but we also think about, you know, are we incentivizing our people in a sense where they feel as if they're long-term partners versus just short-term partners. Hmm. Uh, and I, what, one of the things I, mistakes I see a lot of organizations make early on is that they think that they need to hire everyone on a salary. <laughs> when in the reality is that if you really think about the core competencies of your organization, and, and just like the, the future of flexible work, there's so many experts that you can hire on contract 
on a rotation or occurrence and the core competencies of your organization, you want to hire people for that. Like you want to hire people to bring them in to fill those core competencies that you need or yeah. you lack or you want to strengthen. So that's how often I see about organizational design. But I often see that a lot of early stage CEOs and founders and just business owners don't think about their organizations in that light. I think that's fantastic. And I'm glad that you're one of those people on the forefront that's experimenting with these options uh, because we need to think more about that. Even like I'm in a situation now where I'm thinking, okay, do I, I need some work done, but I don't really need a full-time person to do that forever. Um, and even like you said, that, that like long-term or short-term orientation, there are some people that I want to have on board and just like, we're getting married, like we're in this for the long-term. Like, And there's some people like, hey, let's do some cool work together. Maybe it'll last a year or maybe it'll last two, three years or something like that, but then we can all move on after that. And I think like expanding those options in our mind that as soon as you realize, okay, I have a need, doesn't mean I'm stuck with this person or I want to offer this person a forever lifetime experience. And I think that's an important switch CEOs need to make. Yeah, no, 100%, Neil. And I'm one, I'm one of the belief, man. I'm one of those... Um, CEOs and founders, but I don't believe you need to be in an organization for like 7, 10, 15. That's not, that's not cool, man. I do not believe that. In fact, even myself, man, like, like for me, I, I'm the executive chairman, I'm the CEO of Guy. It's a, this is my lifetime company, right? This is the company I have to lead because I'm yeah. proud, right? But I would never wish that <laughs> on any of my people <laughs> that come in because that's not their journey. That's my yeah. journey. And I think I often have to authentically tell people this because I've worked in companies um, such as Microsoft and Facebook where, you know, you see a lot of life through, which is good. There's companies that were designed like that in the past. And, you know, people people do, you know, get those golden handcuffs. But I, I when I'm thinking about just the, the future of work and the now, I talk to a lot of people who aren't interested in, in working with a company for 10 years. They're yeah. interested in coming to a company, growing, doing their best work, and then going to that next part of their journey and a guy, we really believe in, um, and we're a growth organization. It's like, you come in here, work for as long as you want, you know, kill it here, but grow with us. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll support you, whether it be internally, you want to you wanna elevate or you want to go beyond guide and, and do something even better. We, we are like a platform for you. And that philosophy, man, has, has actually really allowed us to stand out in the, in the market, actually. Yeah, I think that that's great. And that differentiation of saying, like, I don't expect you to, to work here forever. Like, I want you to come here. I want you to have a great time. I want you to have a great experience. And I want you to see what's next. And maybe you have an offer for them in three years. That's going to be something that they're going to want to to take on again. But maybe you won't. And I think that's a great, healthy way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. That's our mindset, man. Yeah, cool. All right, let's shift. We talked about the good side. I know you're a positive guy, so I hate to do this to you. But give me the dystopian version. Like, where is a bad version? If, if we don't make the changes we need to make now, where does that leave us with the future of work? Yeah, man, dude, I think it was dystopian viewpoint, man. If we don't make the changes that we need to make now, I can see more people. Um, and I, because I'm a humanitarian, man, so I always think from a people perspective, I can see more workplaces and companies that are devoid of purpose um, and, and aren't actually delivering um, um, values values-based products and are, you know, are completely losing out on the social impact component because we don't create an ideal utopia. And essentially what that looks like within an organization to to be more descriptive here is that, you know, people go to work and it feels like a slave job, man. It it feels like drudgery. They're not motivated. They're not, um, they're not inspired. Um, You know, they, they have the code and handcuffs, but they don't have any purpose in the work that they're doing. Um, you know, you, they, 
there there's a, there's high churn rates within these organ like organizations, um, and not only because they lack diversity inclusion, but also because they like they lack purpose, they lack fun, they lack excitement, they lack the diversity in building a career portfolio. And I have to tell you, when I talk to people, I talk even with our customers, I talk to our customers who tell me I'm working in that kind of organization, Tim, you know, yep. but, you know, we're, we're so grateful for your brand. We're so grateful for your, your, your company, your product, because, you know, you give, you give, you give us hope. You, you yep. inspire us to, you know, find some Zen with big black tea or to learn and grow. And for us, man, that, that I think that's why we exist. That's why we build products. But we are so adamant about partnering with other organizations and, and showing them, look, if you want to create a successful organization like Guide, all you have to do is treat your people like leaders, right? And, and embrace dynamic leadership. Uh, in fact, I have a book coming out on that this year, later on. Oh, great. And it really goes through the, the, the depths of that. But man, I, though, if, if the, the dystopia is going to be that, man, it, it, you know, it scares me because I don't want to see it. But time and time again, I'm reading the news and I'm like, company X is doing this. Company X isn't allowing remote workers to... To, to leave, like to travel, or they're not going to pay everyone in a in an equal, you know, arrangement. I'm like, what in the world? That's stupid. Like, you know, think about think about the times we're living in. So, you know, I I, I hate I don't want I don't want the future to look like that, man. But you know, I'm doing everything I can to to make sure it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and just that inspiration, I think, is so powerful. Like you said, not just for you, for your employees and the people you're working with, for your customers to kind of. Uh, create that reverse infection where you're trying to get people to think beyond that and just really, you know, open up, wake up their eyes. Cause in, in a lot of ways we're just marching forward and we're going so much faster and faster and faster. And if we don't have that purpose behind what we're doing, if we don't have a meaning behind it and escape that drudgery, like we can get the drudgery a lot faster than we used to be able to, but is that really helping us? You know, yeah. I, I think that that's a great thing that, that we need to step back and think about and do stuff that we enjoy doing and, and brings us happiness, man. <laughs> Yeah, let me ask you, Neil, you know, what would be your utopian vision for the future of work? Man, I like what you're saying. So we've had people come in and talk about like four-day work weeks, reducing the pressure on things. I'm a believer in things like a universal basic income. And I think that growing that to a sense where money becomes a little bit irrelevant, we're all doing stuff still. We're all enjoying the work that we're doing, but doing it for the sake of doing it and because it's helping people and because it's we, we kind of get off this addiction towards just more growth, 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 profit, 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 and build something that really genuinely helps things. I mean, I'm inspired by what I see with founders, but just knowing that a lot of those founders are, man, it's just kind of perpetuating or, or just trying to do a lot of fast growth all, all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot of things we can do just transactionally in the meantime about how we collaborate better, how we can uh, be better leaders. But the big picture for me is like, hey, we got to take care of humans mm. and we got to understand ourselves better. I imagine a world where like we are only scratching the surface about what we know about ourselves, about how our bodies work, how we work together in community, about what we're learning about the world around us. Because we've been so, we got to work. I got to get to my job. I can't take time to, to learn about that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's so true, man. You know, one of the things I've studied, I'm, I've been studying recently and that's really been piquing my interest is this era of augmentation that mm -hmm. we're going to start seeing in terms of we're already tethered to our devices. We're tethered to, our, to the products that we love to a degree. And I think, the, you know, one of the big trends that I'm seeing is the convergence between augmented reality um, and, 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 and mobile. Um, and, you know, in the future, you're right, man. I, I definitely see us 
being able to know ourselves more in depth. And especially think about all of the wearables uh, that we're using now to get analytics on just our health and wellness and our yeah. fit, right? The Pelotons, the, the Apple Watches. And, and, and I think, think about the AI systems that are all there throughout a part of our life. I think we're going to start seeing an era where, you know, what in the digital workplace, but also in the consumer um, space, where people are going to start, they're going to, they're going to have more time because they have more understanding of who yeah. they are, what they can do, right? And how they can grow. That excites me, man. That really excites me a lot. And I think to your point, man, you know, if, if we can get universal basic income done, <laughs> that would be game changing for the world. I, I think it's already incorporated in other parts um, of the world. And I think for, in the U.S., it makes sense. It makes sense. Even if it's, uh, I don't know how, how the government would want to do it, but it def- I could see it being something that um, creates a new definition of what it means to, um, to live. And it, it can help a lot of people who are in spaces of poverty and they, uh, they need someone to, to have their backs in, in our government. And I mean, I love the idea of just creating that floor for people just to say, hey, look, you're going to be fine. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be taken care of one way or the other, like, and, and we, we want people to thrive. We want people to be healthy. And, and so, yeah, I think the future work has got to be equitable for other people who it hasn't been for. It's, it's been too much of a zero sum game for a long time. They just take as much you can and don't leave anything for the rest of us. So yeah, there you go. You got me on my, uh, my soapbox. Good job. <laughs> Tim, this is great. I think feel like we can go on for a long time talking about a lot of the topics and we definitely will bring you on to some of our space bar discussions where we get other CEOs in the same room and things, but what's a kind of a final message you want to leave with our audience right now? Dude, don't give up on your future. Don't give mm-hmm. up on your future. If you are, if you you're not building the future of work, look, if you want to build um, a company, if you want to live a good life, you know, the, the greatest thing you can do is start a business that, that just changes the narrative. <laughs> like start a business or do things like starting a podcast like Neil is doing. Just don't give up on your future. I've met too many people in my lifetime um, and, and just in my life and, and my my journeys and, and as a traveler and as a learner of this world who who give up too easily yeah. on the futures. And I think uh, one of the my philosophies that, you know, uh, operate in the present day on what you can do to build a better future. Right. You know, I remember when we started Guide, which was literally two years ago, right? But I remember when we, when I start, when I first founded our, our community, when I start, first started doing this work, I didn't think it would be what it is today, but mm-hmm. I just kept on doing it for years and years and years. And now we're seeing kind of the the, the rewards of our compounding interest. Um, yeah. And that is us being a part of Forbes Next 1000 and really like having a huge community of people who believe in us, um, yeah. who believe in me as a leader. So for me, I always tell people like, you're not going to achieve that end state in one day, but you have to start on day one and then build up on that. So please don't give up in the future. You can definitely do it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Mr. Future Work, for being on this show. We will include all the links to your brands that you're a part of, your social media following. I love following you on Twitter, man. You got so much cool stuff to say there. Oh, thanks, Jim. <laughs> it's cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Tim, for being on the show. And we look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Peace. Thanks, y'all. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice-a-month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level 5 digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.